What's up, folks? This is Tony Brew and Aaron Dotson. This is the first episode of the new year for Christianity Now. We have a uh, good year lined up. We hope that you enjoy the program that we have to offer. This is season three. Technically, you can make an argument that it's season, or like it's season three only in a technical sense. In practice, it's season two. But we're going to call it season three because we had our first full year last year. That was season two. After an abbreviated year, the year before that, abbreviated season, the year before that. And then now this will be our second full year of operation, but it'll be season three. Anyway, I don't know why I felt the need to tell anybody that. I don't <laughs> think anybody cares, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, probably But not. <laughs> we want to be sons of Issachar. And we have these captions. Uh, be sure and follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, First Chronicles 1232, the sons of Issachar. Uh, they had understanding of the times to know how Israel ought to go, and that's what we want to do, and that's what we want, we want to equip people to do. And today we have a show lined up for you that is about some, I don't know if it's it's exclusive to these times, but this is something I've kind of seen over the last year or so, and I finally just kind of sat down and I compiled some video from the internet, and we're just going to look at it, we're going to talk about it, and I think it's indicative of... A, a society that is in moral degradation because it is sad. It, in fact, uh, I think you can talk to anthropologists and they study humanity throughout the centuries and they're all from an evolutionary perspective. But they say that you know that a society is really evolving and, and transcending when they start to take care of the helpless in the society. That's old people and children and then a society is pretty much gone whenever they start to neglect old people and children yeah we've been there for a while now what i was gonna say where are we now yeah and i think of canada and their maid service and i'm not talking about people to come in and clean your house yeah made is an acronym medical yeah. assistance and dying and now listen to me i believe that 4% of all deaths in Canada are now medical assistance in dying. Wow. Now you're thinking, well, Tony, 4% that's out of 100. That's a lot. That's, I mean, there, there's, yeah. well, you know what? Uh, let me do how many deaths per year for made in Canada. Canna, C-A-N-A-D-A. -A. I, I, I typed it exactly as I said it. There have been, now listen, since 2016, Aaron, this is according to Wikipedia. This is euthanasia in Canada. Euthanasia in Canada has its own Wikipedia page. Mm -hmm. There have been, and again, it's a Wikipedia page, so I mean, we're not doing scholarly deep research here. Yeah. But it's going to give you a good idea. It, it's, it's going to be a get, real good idea for something like this. Yes, yeah. this is exactly yeah. what Wikipedia is for. Yeah. And y'all are rolling in with your comments. God bless you. And thank you. And we're going to get to your comments. Um, but listen to this. There have been 44,958 deaths reported in Canada since the introduction of legislation in 2016 wow. in 2022. 13,241 made 
provisions reported in Canada, accounting for 4.1% of all deaths in Canada. This represents a growth rate of 31% over 2021. Wow. That's huge. Hey, hey, Alabama. Uh, The question is, how many are medical murder of people who didn't choose to die by a doctor? I'm not sure what that means. Uh, Now, I will tell you this, that there have been cases, and and I don't know if you're using, in other words, I don't know how, how do I explain this? I know what all those words mean in English, (laughs) but I don't know exactly what you're getting at there. I would, if you could kind of see if you could. I don't know. I hate to say tell you to clarify the question because I think the question is clear enough. It's add, just I don't get it. Add a little more to it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will tell you this: that there are cases, and Stephen Crowder it, it did a really good job uncovering this, and some others of people who, like this one woman, she wanted to live. She just needed a wheelchair ramp or a wheelchair. Uh, like so, all of the all of the all of the construction up here is multi stories. Like we live in a in a two story house, and this house that we live in is relatively uh, small. Like it was built in the '60s. We've got a full size basement and a full size upper. But we lived for a little bit in a house that actually had three stories, yeah. but it was a full basement. And on the main floor, there was just a living room and a kitchen and a bathroom. And then on the Upstairs, there were three bed, or actually four bedrooms. Yeah. Um, so it, all the construction here is like that, and so this woman needed a wheelchair a mobility uh, machine. I don't know what you would call it. I hate to call it an elevator because that sounds es- kind of like an escalator that goes. Well, it what would it be? It's so you you've seen them in movies where you it's like kind of like a, a chair on a banister. And you and you have a wheelchair up top, and you have a wheelchair at the bottom, and you transfer from the wheelchair on one floor into the chair. It yeah. takes you up. It yeah. So whatever that would be called, yeah. a lift. Yeah, like an assisted chair, a lift. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it was cheaper to just kill her. Mm-hmm. They said that we 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 can't we can't give you this right now, but we would like to offer you our medical assistance in dying. And that that's happened quite a bit. That's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. It and is. and of course, listen to get they, political. Yeah. Keep voting Democrat in the United States, and this is where we'll be. Yep. Because this is exactly where the Democrats want to take us. No, that's what they said. That's the thing, you know. It's like, yes, that's what they support. Um, made is probably the ones connected into dying by the medical system for the most part. Yeah, the the maid is absolutely terrible. And uh, all right, quickly, uh, Aaron, let me, oops, hold on, comment section. Let me, what's up, the sword and pearl, Reginald Perry, good to see you, Connie Barden, Rusty Kirby, uh, Missy Malone, and uh, yeah, that is so evil. Good morning, John Exum, and of course, I think we're, murder is murder no matter how you slice it, and uh, then of course- yeah, that's, that word slice is uh, ironic, I guess. I don't know if ironic yeah. is the right word. Yeah, there's six things the Lord hates, yea, seven are an abomination. 
proud, a proud look, lying tongues, hands that shed innocent blood. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot that goes into that. It's hard to explain online. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, I, it's not you. I just that that comment that I don't know. Um, but I, I will tell you this: that everybody that gets a made package, they don't want a made package. And incidentally, you know, you think, well, Tony, if it's so prevalent prevalent up there. Have, have has it affected you any? And the fact of the matter is, it has. Uh, we've we've uh, we've got a woman in the congregation that one of her close friends, uh, friend of the family, to the point where she was taking care of him in his old age. Um, the government talked him into checking out because it was cheaper to kill him. Mm. Yeah. But hey, the health care is free. The government gets money out of it. Is that why the government's pushing it? I guess that's part of it. Well, it okay. So it's not that the government gets money. Yeah, it's a net. It's a net positive because if they can give you a made packet and have you die, and and you're not on you for for a, for a decade, yeah. you're not draining resources. That saves them money. That so, saves them money. Yeah, yeah. and. I mean, yeah, if, if, if human beings, if, if you and me, baby, we ain't nothing but mammals. Yeah. It is absolutely a net positive for society. If at about 70 years old, you go ahead and go off somewhere and die. Yeah. Because you don't want to be a drag on society. That's just carrying out of, you know, Darwinian, you know, ideas, you know, just survival of the fittest. and That's it. Let it, you know, whatever will be, will be. Let the. Survive the strongest, survive and just take the others out gently. Uh-huh. I like this comment. Look, notice the quotes. Funny how they use the acronym for cleaning up. Yep. Yeah, I wonder. <laughs> I yep. just, yeah, there ain't much more you can say about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It makes me think of this prophecy, and we haven't done anything like a normal show, so I mean, we might as well <laughs> dig into it. Uh, and this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet. Their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. This is a picture of a person writing from the inside out. Yeah. Let me tell you something. That's I, I, This is Zechariah chapter 14. I'm of the belief that this would apply specifically to Rome, who was the the great persecutor of the Jews, the last the last world empire that formally enslaved and oppressed the Jewish nation. And part of the vengeance that God would take on his people, I believe that this this would be I, I believe there's an application to that. Whether that's the only application, I'm willing yeah. to discuss that. But I know that Rome rotted from the inside out, and they rotted from the inside out when they lost their humanity. Oh, yeah. The, the farther they went into debauchery and hedonism, yeah. the more they were like this. Yeah. Good morning, Ted Knight. And that's right, John Exum. It sounds demonic. Yeah. Population controlled to the extreme. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. It is. That's what it is. But it's painted up as euthanasia. You know, that's right. Nice and sweet and gentle. Helping well, think you out. About the, think about the term euthanasia. That's such a saccharine 
I mean, it, it's it's sweetened. It's lost its punch. Yeah. You're killing somebody because it's too much trouble to help keep them alive. Yep. Yep. And, and you're doing, oh, well, it, it's quality of life. I'm sorry, but. Yeah, that's the argument. But don't you want quality of life? If you don't have quality of life, why? You want to wipe grandma's rear end for 20 years or, you know, whatever. Exactly. Type. Well, that's the thing. It, who, who Quality of life for whom? It's for the caretakers, I think. I don't think it's quality of life for because it's not being again. I guess if if okay, pretend for a moment that every one of us are just evolved from a bunch of monkeys. We don't have souls, and God doesn't exist. So yeah. let's pretend for a moment that that's reality. From a purely utilitarian concept, and it would be considered, I believe, altruistic if euthanasia was used on somebody that actually had such a diminished quality of life. I think about, um, I mean, th there are worse things than death. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now remember there's worse things than death. If we don't have a soul, if we're just evolved, even if we don't have a soul. Yeah. Yeah. No, if we don't. Yeah. The, yeah. If, yeah. Even, yeah. yeah. Well, what I'm, Oh, well, I guess I need to qualify that from, from an evolutionary standpoint. The worst thing would be death. You would think, well, you just wink out of existence. I think a worse thing than death would be suffering. Okay. Because so if I'm suffering and I'm and, and, and from a, from a atheistic worldview, then I would be like, okay, so I'm 65, but I've lost a leg. I've broken ribs. That's never going to heal. Um, I'm, I've been blinded and I'm deaf. Yeah. I let, let's 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 go ahead and go the way of all the earth. Yeah. Like that that I feel like that would be a logical conversation to have. But the problem is that's not what euthanasia is used for. Euthanasia is used for well, this person is old and it's hard to take care of them, and they're being a drain on our medical resources. So let's encourage them to end their life because it makes our quality of life better. Yeah. Right. There is something vibrating. Is your phone getting? It may have been. Could have been my would phone. Would you put your phone on the floor? Looks like I got something going on. Because there. it is vibrating and yeah, it's going that. up. Try that. Don't get yeah. it off of there. Yeah. But anyway, so, so anyway, my, my point is in a world absent God, if it were used in the best possible manner, I can see where that would be a tool to allow somebody to quote unquote, check out with dignity. But there's just one problem. We're not gods. True. And we are subject to God and we're made in God's image and life is precious. I assume that would be a debate even among unbelievers as to whether winking out or suffering would be worse. Yeah. There's probably varying opinions among them, I'm sure. Oh, there is. There is. Um, does, okay, here, let me, man, let me keep, let me get these, let me give some of these comments. America is very similar to the Roman Empire. At this point, it is, absolutely, uh, in the issues that cause its downfall. Yes. Does the family have to request the maid 
No, the family does not have to request the maid. The government will ascertain your drain on society and they will recommend maid. And sometimes they recommend it pretty hard. Yeah, I was about to say, do they ever require it? Well, I don't. That, like, that's what if not a person's medical? Like, what if a person's medical bills were, you know, astronomical, draining well, yeah. on the system or something? I, again, well, so that's the thing. You don't that's have the, to require it, but that's what people don't understand about Canada. That's what people don't understand about "quote unquote" free healthcare. All right, so I'm overweight. I've had a bad problem since I went to Memphis School of Preaching with my weight because I didn't understand how calories worked. And I know you're thinking, well, Tony, you're a pretty smart fella. You should have understood. Yeah, I did understand on paper, but we're talking about practice. So I, I, when I the first year of Memphis School of Preaching, I, I ate the same way that I ate when I was working very hard physically. Yeah. And so I gained 100 pounds in a year. And then I just kept gaining weight. Then I lost some weight. Then I gained some weight back. Now I'm I'm... I'm I'm back to where I was when I graduated, and I'm determined to cut 100 pounds this year. All right? I'm determined to cut 100 pounds this year, but it would be very, very easy if I could go to the doctor and I could say, look, I do not want weight loss surgery, but what I want to do is I want to go through the beginning process of the weight loss surgery. In other words, I want you to I want you to look at my vitals, look at my cholesterol, look at my blood pressure, look at my blood sugar, make sure my heart's healthy. Um put me on that put me on a liquid diet uh for, you know, 3 or 4 months and 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 give me the medical support. So you can do all of that stuff in the states. And a lot of that stuff is covered by your medical insurance. But even if it's not, it's still affordable. Because of the free market. In Canada, it's free. <laughs> Bariatric surgery and the process around it. I looked at, I, I'm eligible because of our status. I'm eligible for the free health care here. And I went around, called around and stuff like that. Yes, I can, I can get that. In about seven years. <laughs> yeah. Seven years. And and so you don't have to be, they don't have to force made on you. But what if what if you've got cancer? You can wait seven years? Well, you, you wouldn't have to wait seven years. It's not quite that long of a wait. But some cancers, a month or two can be the difference between life and death. Oh, yeah. All they have to do, if it's going to be too much if it's going to be too much money to treat you as opposed to just kill you, all they got to do, and, and there's actually a board that reviews your case, and if it's going to cost more money to treat you than to, keep you, than, than to kill you, then they do deny you service. And if they deny you service, are you just going to sit there and waste away from cancer, or are you going to request a maid packet? Many people are going to go with the maid packet because of the suffering. That's it. The agony. Uh, just to be clear, I do not want the surgery. I, I, I am not, I'm not, car- first off, I'm not carrying enough weight to need the surgery. Like with, that, my, with my bulk, with my like, size and my frame. You talking about like the gastro type yeah. surgery? Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Seems like that, uh, I don't know, like a 50-50 shot on that kind of surgery. Seems like a lot of folks have bad effects from that. Well, the the, the reason know. I hadn't looked into most, closely. even with the surgery, most people gain the weight back, and the reason is is because there is a reason you're fat. Yeah, yeah. It's because you have a psychological addiction to eating food. Yeah, I have an addiction to eating food. When I'm yeah. stressed, I eat. When I'm thinking, I eat. Yeah. When I socialize, I want to eat. Yeah. And it's not just that; it's that I eat the wrong things. Yeah. So I've got to fix the psychology and of it first. Multiple factors there. Yeah, but if you don't, if you don't, if you just, I mean, if you just wave a magic wand and make me, you know, two hundred and eighty pounds with nine percent body fat, a thirty-four inch waist and a fifty-two inch chest. Well, if you don't fix the underlying reason, if you don't fix the psychology, then in a year I'll be right back to four hundred pounds. I'll gain that hundred pounds. Yeah. Incidentally, according to the doctor. With my frame, my muscle mass, all that. Uh, if I if I weighed three hundred pounds, I would be where the doctor would want me to be. Can you do you understand how big a man that is? Like that's my yeah. healthy weight. Yeah, my healthy weight, according to the doctor, is three hundred pounds. I'm just a big boy. That's a big old guy. Yeah, that's like when I say them linebackers in the NFL, if they fell on me and break my back and be paralyzed at best. Worse than yeah. kill me. Well, I, I guess it worse to be paralyzed. I guess I'd rather die than be paralyzed. I don't know. But if I got ran, if I got ran over and one of them guys fell on me, it it paralyzed me. John Exum says I need to go to Benny Hinn or Kenneth Copeland. They can wave their hand and help me lose the weight. You know, we laugh at that, but there's people that really follow those guys as truth teachers. Oh, and, I guarantee and it. And Benny Hinn's claiming that these these guys are claiming this. Yes. There was a comment by Ted Knott. I'm six foot two inches, Connie. Hey, Tony, you know what your problem would be, though, with Kenneth Copeland and Andrew Womack and all them? What's you would, that? You wouldn't have enough faith. That's, oh, I guarantee it. I just, I've seen your faith, and I think it's a high level, but it wouldn't be to Kenneth it's Copeland. Not, not, <laughs> not, not, not enough. To, I, I, don't have enough I don't have enough faith to keep <laughs> eating cake and, and have God make me skinny. Yeah, that's what I pray for all the time. Dear God in heaven, I play, please, please, <laughs> I pray for this chocolate cake that you'll make the calories go uh, away. Yeah. And then he says, well, you've got a membership to the gym, dummy. If you'll walk 30 minutes on that treadmill. <laughs> yeah. Me and dad used to tease about, you know, blessing the food, which I know yeah. bless means give thanks. But Exactly. But we say the word bless a lot of time. Like, please bless Tony during his surgery. You didn't have surgery, yeah. but I'm just using the illustration, right. you know. And, you know, please bless the food. Well, what's he going to do with it? He's going to turn the chocolate some, into something real healthy. I was going to say, so, some food needs blessed more than others. <laughs> yeah, please bless it. Lord, miraculously change it into something super yeah. healthy. Lord, bless it. Bless it. I heard it. I can't remember who this was, and I'm sure it's an old preacher joke, but somebody was talking about modesty and shamefacedness, and somebody asked a question like some from the audience is hey, well, is it a sin then for a woman to wear makeup? And the preacher says, Well, no, but it might be a sin for some not to wear makeup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm not preacher, gonna say well, preacher, could you use your discretion and show us which members need to wear makeup? <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, let us know, preacher. Yeah, point them out. All right, first, sword and pearl, sword and pearl. Many young people are dying from myocarditis. What? Why can I not talk today? Read that for me. Myocarditis. I'm trying to to find it. 
I don't see it. Oh, can you not see it on the screen? Well, I'm trying to here, even on my end. Who's, whose comment was it? It's the sword and pearl. I've got it highlighted on the screen. You should be oh, able to okay. see it. Oh, okay. I see that now. I wasn't even looking at that. And yeah, many young man. people are dying from myocarditis. 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 So it's a, it's a complication of the heart. And some people who have been labeled conspiracy theorists say that the reason you're seeing all these people drop dead of these strange heart diseases and stuff is because of the COVID jab. Yeah. I don't know. I've, uh, I have I have no comment on that. Uh, causation is not necessarily correlation, but how many how many coincidences you going to write off? Yeah. This is the one I wanted right here. Who determines quality of life? There you go. My lady went through things that would have been detestable to her if she knew what was happening. But as the caretaker, it was a joy to me. That reminds me of a meme that I saw it's it's uh, of a man who's his his wife is has dementia and in the meme she says something to him and he's very loving to her and somebody an onlooker asking why do you continue to try she doesn't even know who you are and to which the man replied the husband of you know 60 years said well I know who she is Now, I I will get emotional if I talk about that. Well, the it's called the devil. uh, Was it? I don't know who coined it, but the devil's disease. That's I think that's the title of Ted's book. My journey with the hold. Well, I don't have it pulled up. I've been reading it. Maybe he'll comment that. Yeah. But it's it's the devil's disease. In fact, you can buy it on uh, on Amazon. You can download it. On your Kindle, yeah, but but yeah, it's uh, I, I can hardly stand it. It's, even thinking about it, I know. Um, all right, we have a loved one. I have a loved one right now that's being affected by. It. They're not. I don't know what the word for it is, but they're not completely gone, as we would say it. But they're they know they're on that track, and that's sad too. That's uh. Yep. It's but what we're you know, go ahead. Aaron Scott Beck says this reminds me of Dr. Kevorkian back in the eighties and nineties. And I'm like, yeah, I remember that. And what's going on today is nothing. Like Dr. Kevorkian was a merciful angel compared to what's going on today. Yeah. I mean, Dr. Kevorkian, he was dealing with people that were sure enough terminal. I mean, like, here's the deal. Like, I'm willing to have the conversation. If I'm, if, if I've got terminal cancer and the doctor is managing my pain and the doctor says, look, if you press this button, you're going to get a dose of morphine. If you press this button three times, you're going to get such a dose of morphine that you'll go to sleep and you'll never wake up. I don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, like, I understand. I'm like, we're, we're waiting on the inevitable. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. What about I, people? I, yeah. I don't believe that's committing suicide. And I, I know we, those trigger words down rank us in the algorithm, but 
Well, yeah, anyway. I mean, yeah, what about people that choose to not take medication? Well, that's, that's not the S word. Right. I mean, that I, we, I mean, there was someone that I knew of, uh, personally knew of him, not in our congregation, but he was a member of the church and he recently uh, had one form of cancer. And then four weeks later, boom, they realized it was in some other areas. Yeah. It had like one surgery for the first time that he realized something was going on, thinking it would all be okay. Yeah. When they came around the second time, like like I say the second time, like a month or so later, two months later, it was real bad. He was of the age 79. His spouse had already died. And thankfully, he was a faithful child of God. Like he was looking yeah. forward to crossing over. He didn't want to take medication. He didn't want the treatments. What's wrong with right. that? That's not the S word. I mean, I, no, I, I don't think it is. What? No, he I wasn't going, so. I hate my life and I'm giving up. I don't trust in God. I mean, that wasn't. No, he was trusting I, in God. He had fought his fight. I mean, yeah. And, and like I said, it's, I mean, that, that, that's a conversation worth having. And, uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I pray that I'm never in a position to take that, make the, you know, I, I, I mean, honestly, there's always a decent chance that we could be one day, just exactly the times we live in. And well, again, <laughs> drawing wisdom from weird places. There's a meme uh, with a picture of this red cap mushroom, that's one of the most poisonous, m- most deadly poisonous mushrooms that's ever been. And the joke is, this mushroom, if you eat it, you'll it, it. It's this mushroom is you can eat it, and you will you will not be hungry for the rest of your life. <laughs> so it's, but yeah. Now, now, what's that had to do with our conversation? Well. If the doctor says, "Listen, you know you're you're dying. Um, this is going to be a prolonged suffering. Um, it could last three or four days. Um, whenever you start to feel pain, press this button. If you press this button too much, uh, your your pain is going to be alleviated to the point where you'll never ever feel any pain ever again." And you'll just go on and drift off peacefully into your slumber. Yeah. Honestly, I think I'd say a goodbyes. Yeah. And then I'd I'd be like spamming the button. <laughs> yeah. Especially just whatever level of pain. Yeah. I mean, I, medicated. I, I've, I've seen I've seen too many people die. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and I, and I wish I hadn't have, but I have, and. There's, there is absolutely no, what's the word? I don't know. It's, I, I've never been in the medical field, but I've been up close to people suffering. Yeah. And I ain't really wanting to suffer a whole lot. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing. It's not, it's not just the suffering. It's the suffering without hope. You know, like oh, I can, yeah. I can languish for two weeks. Yeah. All right. I can languish for two weeks or I can press a button and the inevitable is going to happen. It's just going to happen a week earlier. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. You go to the doctor and they said, there's no mistake. You are eat up with a deadly disease. Yeah. Like there's 0% chance you'll live past whatever, three months or. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I see nothing wrong with people taking medication. I mean, I know that's not really our topic, but 
that's what that is. Taking medication to ease pain. And so many times right. you hit the button, it's, it, it, it inadvertently speeds up death. Yeah. Oh, hold on. There, there's so many good comments here, Aaron. I want to get this one from Hey, Hey, Alabama. Where's it at? Oh, wait a second. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My, the, the column that y'all see is inverted from the column that I see. So, all right. Scott Beck. It, it, it's the moment when your doc says, get your affairs in order that you realize the end is near. That's it. And there is a sobering, listen, man, I think I, 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 I could wish that everyone would be able to feel and have that moment of clarity of, yeah. of being convinced you're going to die. I've been convinced a few times in my life that I was going to die. And there is just a moment of clarity where all this extraneous stuff just melts away and nothing matters except the really important stuff that does matter. What, what's left after you have that moment of clarity where you come face to face with your own mortality? Yeah. It, it's, it's really a transcendent experience. Yeah. And for some people, it's like a different level of what it takes to get them to see that. Like, I've yeah. never had a doctor tell me, you're going to die. But there's just been times where I really thought that I very well might die. Like I just, I mean, you know, I mean, you just think about huddled in a storm shelter when a tornado's coming. Yeah, just, I mean, there, you know, I, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like if know, I, like even if I explained a few of my circumstances, you would laugh probably. But yeah. to me, it was real, and I really faked. I, like I was I, like, I wouldn't laugh. Yeah, I mean, you know, that there's yeah. been some times where I. I, I, there was there was a time two or three years ago I was having a lot of headaches and I went to the doctor to have a brain scan. You know, and I'm like, yeah, I might go in there and they say that things eat up with a deadly disease. You know, like I was thinking about facing that. You know, they were checking for tumors. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> somebody, but I was good to go. Thankfully, praise God, they said everything was clear. But anyhow, absolutely, anyhow. Um, Ted Knight says in in case of rejecting treatment. Or in the case of rejecting treatment, this person would not be preserving death. Preventing death? By preventing death. Yeah. Preventing death by taking the medicine. He is just prolonging death. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is true. And I mean, there, there's a sense where you, I mean, you could make that like. Yeah. That's, that's, that's everybody's That argument case. was just about everything. But yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a good argument. Yep. Um. The side effects yep. of chemotherapy and radiation can be devastating, so the choice not to take it is quite understandable. Quality versus length of time here is a personal choice. I, that's, that's what I was thinking about. Just her comment. That's what I was thinking about a moment ago, and especially like the child again. That's all we can we can speak from the child of God's perspective. I mean, it's just yeah, you know, you're not giving up on God or life. Like, let's say you get the you get a you get a diagnosis that says you. You know, you'll probably only live a year, and you yeah. don't want to. That's and look, that's a lot longer well, than two months. Yes, and, and there there's something to be considered. Like, as a Christian, should my top priority be to prolong my life here on this earth? Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It's not wrong. Like, let's just say they said you had a year. What if I actually thought quality of life won't be? I can serve the Lord. I feel like I can serve the Lord better for that one year if that's what I got without the treatments. Yeah. Like I feel like as long as the child of God is thinking about serving God and loving God, I mean, 
how can he make a wrong, like an actual transgression of God's law wrong yeah. decision? There's things well, we don't know. We have to make the best decisions we think. We pray for there's wisdom. A, but he, he, he's probably way too dirty for anybody to listen to. And my, my memory, I'm filtering it through a rose-colored, rose-colored filter. But it's this old man that was talking about, like, oh, so you want to be a vegetarian. You, you, you've added two years on to your life because you ate broccoli, and, and now you're going to live two years longer than me because I ate ribeye steak. He said, you can have those two years. He said, my life was better than yours. And he said, another thing, do you think you're adding two years on in the middle when you're 20 years old and you're, 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 you're vivacious and, and, you know, able to, you know, enjoy the comforts of your spouse and, you know, think about the way he would say that. He said, no, he said, you're adding two years on to the end. (laughs) He said, he said, you, you from 80 to 82 and me from 80 to 82 you, you, I ate meat, you ate veggies. There's going to be no difference in us. Yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. m- maybe, may- maybe, maybe we think about quality of life. Yeah. Let, let's live the life that we have. And I mean, really live. I think about the end of secondhand lions when the two old men at 90 years old fly that, try to fly that plane through that barn and they die. And the, and, and all of their stories are validated whenever this helicopter comes in and this Middle Eastern guy, says I saw this on the news. My uncle was a <laughs> good grief man. <laughs> He's my uncle was a rich sheik and he always talked about these two men as their most formidable adversaries. Mm-hmm. The little boy he had with him he said you mean these are the men from great grandfather's stories? And and the and the then the prince said yes. And the little boy said, "You mean you mean they they lived?" And then the 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 boy who was grown into a man whom those guys raised looked at the little kid and it's like, "Oh yes, they really lived." Yeah. Yep. Quality of life. It's about the dash. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's about the dash. Yep. And many people are convinced that length of life, I think a lot, probably too much time, effort, energy, and money is spent in length of life. I'm, it is. I mean, a candle, a candle that burns twice as bright lasts half as long. Yep. Yep. That's true. Good illustration. Some people say that's why dogs. They uh, they don't last as long. Yeah, they burn bright. They burn brighter. Yeah, the lessons from a dog. <laughs> That's it. Study the history of some of these diseases and see when they started to be common and what foods were approved by the FDA. Oh yeah, the greatest hoax that was ever perpetuated on Western culture was the fact that the base of the food pyramid should be grains. <laughs> we're meat eaters. I'm not saying we need to be exclusively carnivores. I'm just saying. Yeah. Fat, protein. That's get it, get it from me. God yeah. God made these creatures that can take all of this indigestible fiber and convert it to protein and fat. 
that not only is very efficient for the human body, but it tastes delicious. <laughs> and the second greatest joke might be the FDA, but move forward. The Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's no bias there. Here's a good one from Ted Knight. What, what if the doctor's wrong when he tells you to get your affairs in order? <laughs> yeah. That, like that, he's that, not God either, you know. He's not like, God either, and and you like, know what? Um, I've been watching. Uh, I, I love old sitcoms, and I say old. This was not old. I mean, this is early two thousands. It's called Scrubs, and on one of the episodes, uh, Doctor Elliot Reed uh, diagnosed this dude with cancer. Said he had three months to live. He come back and said, "Well, we've cured your cancer. Who knew?" Sorry about that. Well, the guy actually, the guy actually sued or was going to sue her because he said, you don't understand what that did to me. So, I mean, yeah, you better, you, 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 you better pay attention. You better be careful, be careful. The, the, uh, decisions and stuff that you make. And if your daughter, if your daughter, if your doctor says, get your affairs in order, my suggestion would be get another opinion. You know, and I love that. Yeah. And I love that verse that John shared, Psalm 90, verse 10, about numbering our days. I think that means to value your days. It's to take inventory. Think? That's what I think, yeah. No, take inventory in retail, and value them. Yeah. Retail sales, you take inventory of the things you have of value so you can show the government your assets yeah. so, so they know how much to tax you. But that's the thing. You don't count anything that's not valuable. Right. Yeah. Number your days. Why? Every one of them is valuable. Yep. Absolutely. There's some, I'm, I'm so, this is awesome. Like, not only do we have people commenting for us, we have conversations happening in the yeah, comment that's section. Good. That's amazing. That's cool. Y'all keep this up. We're going to be, we're going to be viral podcasters. We're going to be like Joe Rogan. I don't know about that, but uh, David Stafford, is he here? I thought I saw his yeah, comment. Yeah, I like. I appreciate his comment earlier. He said something about, it's good to see you brothers back. I appreciate that, David. I, I do, too. I like, I, it's good to see you on here and supporting the show and making comments. He makes some really good Bible comments. I appreciate his thoughts there. Not just in Oof. that one comment, but others. Um. You know, when I scroll down through our comments on my end, it's like it goes blank for a minute, and then it comes back. Yeah, it can get a little janky. It gets a little janky, yeah. Listen to this. We got. I want to get this video before we get off here, and I, I do need to get off here. We don't need to have a two-and-a-half-hour show today. Um, there were doctors in the news a few years back that were arrested for telling people they had cancer, and they didn't. He made money off of it. Oh, well, yeah, I could. I yeah. could see where you could monetize that. Oh, yeah. Where you can monitor, yeah. I mean, you tell somebody, look, man, hospitals are funny places. You've got to be real careful about, because you, especially if you're part of the system, like if you're a nurse or a doctor, or if you're, um, like if you're a chaplain working for the hospital, yeah, you've got to be really, really careful because there's such an imbalance of power there. That you can have undue influence on somebody, and that's a that's a that's a huge responsibility. Yeah, Connie Bard, right. and there have been people told they only had months and didn't take treatments and live for several years. Ain't so that the God truth. truly knows? Yeah, that's why and I'm look, saying, like from the Christian perspective, like 
you can't make a wrong decision. The only important decision is however many hours I've got, I'm going to live for God. You know, that's just like, yeah, that's the only one that really matters in the end. I mean, John Exum said, didn't they do the same with the Rona? They made money off deaths, as I recall. So they put the Rona on people that didn't have it to get the money. No, they did not do that. The Corona, everything was up front and or, or above board, and there was no funny business, and <laughs> it was exactly as bad as they said it was. Shame on you for even writing question. that comment. Yeah, I'm disappointed in you, John, that you questioned that. <laughs> anyway, all right. <laughs> Sarcasm. It just gets all over you sometimes. I know. It's so fun to do it sometimes. Just like it is. Well, hey, listen, something something we ain't done yet. And something well, we we just dove into the dove into the uh Whoa, what happened? Are we there? Okay. Uh <laughs> a lot we dove, of good comments. <laughs> dude, they're they're everywhere. Yeah. Um We're gonna hear a word from our sponsor, then we're gonna go into the next segment where I want to talk about this uh safe haven law in indiana but but it anyway we'll just look lindsey faye dotson at gmail.com we're so thankful to have her as a sponsor when you when you purchase uh social media graphics and packages from her you are supporting the show are you part of a church congregation or any organization seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event look no further Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches. Whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, Lindsay has got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or send an email, which is the preferred method, to lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't miss this opportunity to make your message resonate far and wide. Contact Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Scott Beck says Lindsay did a great job on our postcard, and I feel like there was somebody else that said that they got Lindsay to do a postcard or a card for evangelism or something. I can't remember who that was, it and you don't have to say, but yeah, it may have been Connie Barden. I can't remember. Did you see Scott Beck's comment? He said, "I thought about Lazarus after your recent podcast. He was in paradise and brought back to earth. I wonder if he was like, oh man, I was in paradise. I, look, I, <laughs> I love thinking that's funny." I search um, Glenn Colley years ago did a very short video where he believes, and, and look, I agree with him. I think that something happened that went like this. Jesus came and talked to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, I, I need a favor from you. Well, my Lord, what do you need? Anything. I, I need you to die. Well, what do you mean? We're coming upon the fullness of time. And the Jewish leadership has not, they've been on the fence. I need something so spectacular that it causes them to act. So I need you to die, but I'm going to raise you from the dead. And that's going to be the catalyst that causes them to finally, formally, Take me and kill me. Yeah. Now, when you read all, it's it just, I've thought that for a long time. And then lo and behold, I'm searching stuff on YouTube and I see Glenn Colley's video about that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I mean, that could, that could, I mean, 
it, it's conjecture. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I mean, it could happen. It could but happen. He's, it, 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 there's still a really good case to be made. It certainly fits the you know the divine purpose of Jesus and everything. What he and how God did use people and events in the ministry of Jesus to bring about His will of Jesus dying the way He did. You That's know? it. Like yeah. Like what was the final punch that finally brought it down? You know. Well, the, well the, there you go. The the chief priest and the Pharisees, the Jewish council, they took they counseled together. Saying, "What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, the whole world will follow him, and the Romans will come and take away our place and our nation." And then Caiaphas said, "Know you nothing at all, or know you not that the whole that that one man should die? It's more expedient that one man die; the whole yeah. nation might live." Yeah. So they I saw mean, that, him as that person, you know. Yeah. All right. And they took action, specific action, to make it happen. Yes. I wish people would put less money into climate control trying to prolong the earth. I think there's a parallel to that. I think you're right. I would rather enjoy life without thinking about all the regulations that's supposed to prolong life and the earth. Gas stoves, for example, don't impact the environment enough to get rid of them. And they don't. That's the thing that's been proven. All that is is a big money grab. Yeah. All you look, that is. You look at the, look at the all the so-called green stuff and look at the stock market. Look at the people putting buying those stocks. Well, the people pushing that legislation. And look at people who are buying property that is oceanfront property and the banks are loaning them money for decades out. They know that if, if, if climate change were actually happening the way that... Now, look, I believe the climate is changing. But if climate change were happening the way the liberal left says it's happening, then you couldn't get a bank to loan you money on beachfront property. Beachfront <laughs> yeah. property would be the absolute cheapest property yeah. that you could purchase. Yeah. And it would just go down, down, and down un- as the years go by. Yeah. In but, fact, the most expensive property would be about two or three miles inland. Right. Because, cause, I mean, you think human beings aren't going to adapt? Like and, and here's the thing: What do we know of physics? You take a you take a cup and fill it up with ice, and then you fill it up with water to the very very brim. All right, I mean just just to the very brim, and then you leave it there until all the ice melts. What happens to the water? No, it stays the same. Or it stays the same. Okay, yeah, that's the thing in the cup. Yeah, you uh, water is the is the only material on, on Earth. Well, it's a. I, I, I may have taken on too much territory. Water <laughs> is a material on Earth. It cannot be compressed. So when you you don't, it, it, it always takes the same amount of volume, no matter what state it's in. I know what I'm thinking. It feels like it goes up because after I've drank water and the ice melts, it's like it's the same level. Mm. It's, it's, it feels like there's yeah. still a lot in there. That's why yeah. it feels like it's going but, up. I think that's why my mind immediately but, went. But you, it goes you, up. You take you take a you take a bowl or a cup and fill it up with ice, then pour water over top of it and make it level, and then let that ice melt. the The water level does not rise. Well, okay, so let's melt all the glaciers. Right. The water level is not going to rise. Oh, yeah, it will, though. Well, and so let's say it does. Let's say 
Let's say it rises so much that we we lose 10 miles of our coast inland. Well, who cares? I mean, you know how many hundreds of years it's going to take to move inland, dummies? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, look at what they did in Louisiana. Look at the big sea walls that's holding back the sea. Louisiana is under the sea. Yeah. They can't bury bodies because they'll rise back up. <laughs> yeah. They have to, every, everybody's down there is in mausoleums. Yeah. Anyway, all right. But like you said, they're still giving out loans for that beachfront property and everything because they know it'll Let's still be there. Somebody could say, well, it's it. because of greed. They just want the money. They, they think it's going to be gone, but they just want the money. No, it's both. They want the yeah. money and they know the land will still be there 10 years. I got to figure out the best way. Yeah, I think that'll work. I'm going to. I'm looking forward I'm to seeing take, some of these videos. It's been a little while since we've done yeah. some videos. All right. So everything here is about um, this safe haven law. So safe haven laws in the United States, there's an Indiana safe haven law that allows anonymous surrender of infants up to 30 days old without legal consequences. And it was expanded to include baby boxes at certain locations since 2017. I'm not going to explain that right now. Go Just ahead. baby boxes, all right? Yeah. Now, children relinquished. Nationally, over 4,687 babies. In Indiana specifically, at least 57 babies have been relinquished since 2008, with 19 babies relinquished through these baby boxes since 2017. All 50 states, including the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, have versions of these safe haven laws, generally including a no-questions-asked policy to protect the parents' anonymity and prioritize the child's safety. That's sad. Yeah, we have baby boxes here in Arkansas. Three, I believe. Yeah. All right. Let's let's just watch this. So she, this little girl is going to explain. I say little girl. She's probably 25 years old. Uh, going to explain baby boxes. Of life anonymously and without... Let's talk about the Indiana Safe Haven Law. This law allows any person to surrender an infant in its first month of life anonymously and without any fear of prosecution. The child must be surrendered to a safe haven location. These include fire departments, hospitals, and emergency medical service stations. In Indiana, 70 baby boxes are located throughout the state's fire stations and hospitals. These are temperature-controlled safe devices that protect the child from the outside while they wait for a first responder to respond to the silent alarm in the box. So why does this law exist? Sadly, every year infants are illegally abandoned, with a third of them being found after it's too late to save them. This results in the tragic death or injury of a child and criminal charges for whoever abandoned the child. The Safe Haven Law works to prevent these tragedies, offering a way for children to be placed directly into safe hands with complete anonymity. The Safe Haven Law and baby boxes save lives. When a parent All right. I'm going to stop right there. 70 across Indiana. Ooh, that's a bunch. Now, the way she explained it, 
It sounds perfectly logical and reasonable. Sounds, sounds good. It does. Yeah. I mean, what what could what could possibly be wrong with this? I'm going to tell you, Aaron, it goes back to the commodification of a child. And it goes back to the hedonistic lifestyle that that makes sex nothing but two membranes rubbing together that it feels really good. That's hedonism. That's, That's all it is. Living for pleasure. And then what do you do? Well, I mean, the Spartans, they they took unwanted children and left them out in the, they called them giving it to the, I can't remember how they called it now, but anyway, they took them out and just put them in the wilderness. The Vikings did the same thing. Just when they were unwanted, I guess. Yeah, they were unwanted. They had birth defects, stuff like that. Um, and I mean, are, are we going back to that? I mean, granted, don't get me wrong. We've got this, we've got this sweet saccharine kind of nerfed. Like none of the things that make you go, "Ooh, that's gross!" I can't believe people are doing that. All of that has been removed from your abandoning your child. Yeah. You you did what it takes to produce children and now you don't want to be held accountable for your action, so you're going to give the child up and you're not willing to sacrifice any part of your life. But here's the thing. The these women and these men, I'm going to say women and men both. But but sadly in this situation it's mostly the women. They say, "Well, I want to go out and I want to be promiscuous." And right, wrong, or indifferent, promiscuity hits different for women than it does for men. It's, it's more dangerous for a woman to be promiscuous than it is for a man to be promiscuous. There's more levels of accountability for a man or for a woman than there is a man in that her, her body is forever changed yeah. once she becomes impregnated, yeah. even if she doesn't carry that baby to term and something tragic happens where she um, has a miscarriage or something, or if she chooses to abort, all right? So her body's forever changed. So it's, it's harder. Promiscuity is, is, is harder on women than it is on men. So that's why, historically, women's chastity and virtue have been more protected. We see that in the story of Godiva. Uh, are you familiar with the story of Godiva? Lady Godiva. Lady Godiva. That's in a song. Yeah. Yeah. So she she rode through the she rode town through the street naked on a naked. horse or something. Now the reason that she rode through the streets naked on a horse is because she told her husband, "You are oppressing people, and in protest, I am going to ride through the streets naked on a horse." And so beloved was she that all of the people in that town went inside their houses and shut their windows so they not to see it. To protect her chastity. Yeah. And so that, that story lets us know exactly how uh, valued the chastity and virtue of women should be yeah. in that her husband should have, like that, that was a lever that she used to get her husband to comply whenever he was doing something very bad. Like, look, I'm going to cheapen something that, that, that it's very, very valuable. In other words, think about a you know just a master key. A, a key that opens every lock is a master key, and a lock that opens for every key is just a worthless lock. Yeah. So that that's that's from from a from an evolutionary perspective, that's the difference between men and women. 
yeah. a, a, a woman promis- who is promiscuous is a lock that is opened by every key. A man is promiscuous. He is a key that's able to open every lock. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. That's just the way it is. Well, the advent of birth control and the advent of abortion, which is birth control, has allowed women to be promiscuous. To be, yeah. And they can be promiscuous as men without having the consequences of their promiscuity. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, so affecting them. So this is just cheapening womanhood. It's, that's one of the worst things. This about is it, right? cheapening womanhood. Is all it's doing. Time. This I mean, is destroyed atta- it. This, this is to womanhood as pornography and uh, gentlemen's clubs, so called yeah, strip yeah. joints, are to yeah. women's sexuality. Yeah, and, and they and they do it in the name of feminism. They do it in the name of yes. liberating. Yes. Can, it's our body. It's our choice. Like, like yes. And, and it's like, yeah, the you're making the, the ma- choice all right, and it's damning yourself. That's exactly. The I- and these, these, these women who buy into this, who are hoodwinked by this, they think, well, I can just, you know, I'm, I'm, I was going to have this baby. I decided not to abort it, so now that I've had it, well, now I'm stuck with it. Well, I'm not stuck with it anymore. Now I can go drop it off at a baby box. So it's just continuing it's like another form of abortion in the sense that it's getting them out of their responsibility and accountability. Yes. Not and equal like murder, but yes. And you know, it, what, what the, what a, what a person means when they say, well, I just can't afford to raise this child right now. What they actually mean is I can't afford to raise this child right now and conveniently continue in the lifestyle that I'm used to. Yeah. Well, I can't afford to raise this life. I can't afford to raise this child right now, and continue to go, um, to and continue to go out to clubs, to continue to act like a single woman, yeah. to continue to whatever. Well, you've got to change your life. You're now living for somebody else. You're no yeah. longer living for self. And this is just one more way to do that. And yeah. this this comment right here, yeah, real good, is comment. what we should have led with. Very good comment. Women are more oppressed yep. than ever. Yep. Thanks to feminism. Yep. I knew you were going to do that. Okay. So that's. I mean, that's just. Yeah. That's hitting yeah, it that, right there. That's the nail that's on it. the head. That's, that's it. And uh, so many good comments, by the way. Yep. Uh, Connie Barden just looked it up. We now have six boxes and twelve babies have been surrendered in the past four years. Um. It's Scott like, Beck. Yeah. Um. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah, he's commenting to Hey Hey Alabama. Uh, Hey Hey Alabama says. But I'm willing to take a child, and they won't let me uh, be a safe haven and take care of the child. They want them in the system for the money. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Oh, I, I 100% so agree with that. That is so pathetically sad. And Scott Beck says, won't the baby still have to go through the adoption process? So he, he, here's a, it is. it cost, I'm not exaggerating, it cost tens of thousands of dollars to adopt a child. Yep. It cost around six hundred bucks to abort a child. Yep. It's free to drop one off at the baby box. See what we've done to life and fit and women. Why in the world? Listen, I'm going to tell you from mm. from a secular standpoint, I would be happy with this legislation. Abortion is legal. It's already out there. We're already practicing it. 
let it, you know, let, let's put a moratorium on the progression. So we're just going to, whatever laws about abortion are in place right now, let them stay in place. Now we're going to have a government, if we're going to get the government involved, we're going to either subsidize subsidize adoption or we're going to remove 90% of the red tape and fees associated with abortion. I mean, ah, adoption. Adoption. Sorry. Two, Two words that begin with an A that sound similar but have very different meanings. Yeah. I mean, the thing about that box is like, we could talk more about that box. It's like some people would just argue, well, our society is already doing these kinds of things. This is providing a safe place for the baby that they don't want. Maybe so, but they're avoiding responsibility and consequence. You know, and that argument per- doesn't fly with anything else. It does. That, that's, that's reprehensible. They're, 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 they're practicing, you know, Ungodly sexual activity, yeah. Inst- instead of godly sexual activity in marriage, yeah. And and here's the thing: if if it were the case that there was no birth control, I'm and I look, I'm not saying that birth control is wrong. I'm not saying that you shouldn't use birth control, but let, let's say that there was no birth control and there was no abortion. Women would go back to controlling sexual encounter. Now, here's the thing. We don't think about this a lot, and we don't break it down in a logical fashion. Women control access to sex. Men control access to relationship and resources through relationships. Got it? A, a, A man decides when a marriage happens. A woman decides when sex happens. Yeah. If it were the case that there was no, in other words, if every time you allowed a man to have sex with you, you run the risk of having a child that you had to take care of for for 18 years, right? you would be much more choosy about with whom you laid down. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, again, that yes, men do not need to be promiscuous. We're not, I'm not talking about a morality here, I'm talking about just nuts and bolts. Yeah, I'm talking about biology. Yeah. Anyway, yep. if if anyone goes through the Department of Human Services here in Arkansas, there is no fee to adopt. I did not know that. I did not know that. David James says, I agree, too. The system makes it difficult to adopt children. Our society is too much like those who sacrificed to Molech. And uh, the Cosmopolitan magazine recently had three articles on how to have a satanic ritual abortion. Uh, this is what teenagers are reading. Absolutely, yeah. It, it's really the, here's the the problem is the church stopped being political and politics became more religious. Yeah. So they're dominating the religious conversation. Yes. They well, are. They're controlling politics. It. Politics is religion now. Yeah. The, the, these are there's there's ideologies. There's there's uh, standards. There's 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 a norm to live by. There's a moral code. I mean, it's in it's my rough. in my opinion, the reason why we quote unquote got out of politics 
is because of persecution. Yeah. That, that's my opinion. I, I just think we got out of it yep. because we don't want to suffer. That's it. We, we want to lay low. All right. But look at John DeBerry. I, yeah. love, I love bringing him in when I can. I mean, it's just like, I know. The, the brother's been persecuted. Probably oh, still yeah. is. I mean, yeah. All right, let's keep going. Let, let's see what these, let's see what these boxes are and how they play out. And again, this woman is going to show us these boxes, and she's going to act like she's proud of them. This is a good thing. Yeah. It reminds me of throw. Uh, it, this look when I when I worked in retail sales in Walmart back in the nineties. We had what we called the compactor. It had a metal door like this, and you threw the trash in. You hit a button, and it compacted the trash. That's what this reminds me of. One of our safe haven baby boxes, and no one is in this building because they're out on a fire call. Parent just has to open the door, take See, the bag there. that has resources for the parents. There's a packet that has resources for the parents. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, nobody there to bother you. They're all out on a fire call. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was hilarious. I mean, that was hilarious. So they're I always know. gone on a fire call. They're <laughs> sorry. Place their newborn inside, shut the door, and walk away. This is what it looks like. Walk away. Walk away from your troubles. Walk away from what you don't want. Ah. Ah. Saving babies one box at a time. Side of a baby box uh, opens the door, places the newborn inside the medical bassinet, takes the orange bag, shuts the door, and walks away. But okay, so what happens though once it's shut? Could Billy Bob just walk up, open it back up, grab the baby? No. Or does the baby move, or does it automatically lock? Or I. I, I no, there's. Uh, I, it's not covered in this, but I've watched another video. Once you put a baby in there, you can't open it back up. So the baby just stays in the same I, I place. I think so. I could be but wrong. It, but they're I, silently alerted immediately, right? And yes. Yeah. Are they trying to prevent shame on behalf of the parents? Yes. And quote unquote, they are trying to eradicate shame from the world. Yeah. In fact, well, we... We need to hurry up. Uh, Jeremiah chapter six. Yeah, they lost the ability to blush. All right, let's keep but, going. But, but Tony, that looks so oh. good. They're going to kill them anyway. Now they're letting I know. live. It looks so good. I know it. Like, again, I'm not justifying any of the ills of this, but just like, what do you do? These things exist. Well, These things exist. Now, I'm saying we ought to, we got to preach against this kind of stuff for responsibility and, godly sexuality yeah. all that but like okay the baby exists the baby's there so it's like what do you what do we as christians do next well let, like, let me let me let me throw something else in the babies or what if if i were a lecherous man and i got a woman pregnant and she didn't abort that baby i would get that baby put it in that box and i would go put it in that box yeah well, wait a second. No, it, it can only be the mother that can put the baby in there. Oh. Let's keep Feminism. watching. I, I know. 
Is there another big? Okay. Yeah. A baby boy was left in the safe haven baby box at Carmel Fire Station 45. The third infant safely surrendered at the station since April 5th. The founder of that program. Do you see? You notice everything we're talking about. These things, they're the the frequency of these things are going up at a phenomenal rate. Kelsey says the baby is healthy. Two babies were surrendered at the station in April, and Kelsey calls the third surrender a record number for one station among the 107 baby boxes number. nationwide. These babies were legally, safely. Look at her smile. That is a smile of Satan. Yeah. What? That, that just, that makes me sick. They were legally saved, though, Tony. And and the hopeful music in the background is sick. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. It's so sad, man. And anonymously. Lovingly. Lovingly? That's what that's, she said. That's love now? Woo. Surrendered under the Indiana Safe Haven Law. And I'll tell you, it has to take a very special person to say that basically I want what's best for my child and it's not. Have you have you ever have you watched any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the stuff that's on Disney Plus, uh, like WandaVision? Did you watch that show, WandaVision? Mm -mm. So no. Wanda Maximoff, she's the Red Witch, the Scarlet Witch, and she basically imprisoned an entire town and tortured them. And once the authorities found out about it, she took off, and one of the superheroes. There was this big scene in the end, and it's because she wanted children. All right. She wanted children. So she imprisoned this entire town and she let the town go. And we're talking imprisoned and tortured. And she let the town go, which meant she had to give up her fake children. And the 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 hook of the of the show was. Wanda, they'll never know what you gave up for them. Like, what do you mean what you gave up? Because this woman gave up her children. The children were fake, and she was torturing the town. Right. She's the villain. She's not the hero. Back to the whole two wrongs don't make a right deal. I mean. And, and, and this, this woman here, she, it takes a special kind of person to say, I'm not enough. And get, you're so strong. You're so brave to put your baby in this box like it's yesterday's garbage. Right. Oh, you're brave for doing that. Ooh. You are not brave. You're not you're selfish. You're arrogant. You're not willing to make any sacrifices at all for your child. You're not yep. willing to live. Coward, as John yep. Exum said. Yep. You're in a pathetic state of of mind that you yes. just give your I mean I, I'm, I'm, it just, it's bothersome. It's very um, sad. All right. And we're not it? even done. Yeah. What no, else? no, let's go. And that's heroic. Um, and, and it's, it's an honor to walk alongside some of these parents. So, so now you're a hero. If you acknowledge, you don't want to take care of your children. And you still or, get to be called a parent by this woman. It's an honor to walk alongside some of these parents. <laughs> So ridiculously stupid, it's hilarious. I'm, I'm going to read this verse again. 
And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. They're going to rot from the inside out, and that's what we've done. And Romans 1, 31 through 32, I don't know where that falls, but I know that there's a passage in that chapter that talks about women who have turned away from their natural affection. And of course the idea they're going after women, but I also think of this idea uh, that's sexual affection, by the way, but there is a sense where a woman's natural affection should be to her child. In other words, if you're totally screwed up in every other way of your life, you ought to be able to love your child. And you see women, there are women like that. Their yes. lives are all screwed up and they love their and, children. But but well, they, their lives are all screwed up and they have a child. Yeah. And they get it together and yeah. the the pooper scooper of a man that they had a child with won't get it together. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Romans one thirty one and thirty two is says undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. Who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same but also approve of those who practice them. Well, this woman is approving of yeah. the heinous act of She's abandoning your child in, in a garbage bin. Yep. I don't oh, care but, how fancy you oh, make it; a it's nice, a garbage bin. But it's a real clean one, Tony. And well, that's good. Go live in it. Yeah, for real. If you like All it, right. go live in it. No, I don't want to live in it. Now, are you ready to be sickened even more? I don't know. Remember what I said? If I was a lecherous man that got a woman pregnant and she didn't want to have an abortion and I didn't want to pay child support? Yeah, just take him over there. Take the baby over there. Listen to this. They won't let what if a dad This is safe having training in Indiana, and it's the same woman. What if a dad walks in here? What if a man walks in here with an infant, hands you a child, says that he, he wants to surrender under the safe haven law, and he, what, what is your job at that point? Mother's nowhere around. There's no woman around at all. You just got a man that walks in with an infant and says, I want to surrender under the safe haven law. What do you ask this guy? Now, off of the, off of, off camera, one of the officers or one of the people there looks like a fire department. He he's going to be answering her question, and like I just listen. I, I think he he can't understand this. Like you, okay. So out of one side of our mouth, we're telling women how predatory men are, how terrible men are, and this, that, and the other. But you're telling me that if a if a man comes up with a baby, I am to take that baby, and I am not to say anything whatsoever. How do I know that that man didn't kidnap that child? How do I know that that man's even biologically related to that child whatsoever? Right. He, he can't he, wrap his mind around it. Yeah, how do you know he's the father? Well, that's right. What do you say? Can you give me any medical background on this baby? No. So can you give me any medical background on this baby? So he, he's thinking like a cop. Because here's the thing, if, if if you hand me a baby and say, look, I'm giving this baby up, I'm the daddy. Oh, well, can you give me any medical background on this baby? It's just so it, like investigative questions, I guess. Yeah, if, if, if you know the background of the baby, then at least that's one 
way to know, like, well, maybe he does have some relation to it. But of course, then she says no. Now, the funny thing is, he interprets this differently than she than she gives it, than, than she says it. Listen to this. Well, Thank you for the baby. But I thought we were supposed to, per our protocols, ask if we can get any medical information. You can ask any question you want. I'm saying no, as in I'm the dad saying no. I'm not oh. going to give it to you. Oh. I didn't mean no. Okay, no, so yeah. no. How may I help you? I, I, want, I want to surrender the baby under the safe haven law. Here you go. But you're not giving me the baby. Well, oh, I handed the baby to you. Dads have the same rights as moms do. Now, I don't think that most feminists would appreciate that very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that the man can do that, too. I'm surprised. So I'm telling you, if, if, if I was a lecherous man that got a woman pregnant and she wasn't willing to abort that baby, I would take that baby and I would, I would drive. Then here's the thing. It's a no questions asked. You could drive from another state or 300 miles. Yeah. A thousand miles. Yep. Because 50 states, including the, 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 uh, territories. uh, Yeah. DC and Puerto Uh, Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah. Have safe haven laws with no questions asked. And incidentally, you could just drive forever. And go to, like, if you're in Colorado, drive to Arkansas and put it in a box or drive to Indiana and put it in a box. <laughs> now, they're going to run the baby through the database. Yeah. And, and you, you might have to deal with that. But, I mean, I, I'd just be wondering what the ramifications is. Like, yeah. if, if a man gives the baby up, and incidentally, what happens if, if the mama gives the baby up and the man is like, no, I want the baby? Will they yeah. will they give the will Can they, they run give the it, baby back? If if the mama runs it through the if the mama drops it off at the box, will they run it through the missing children's database and will the man allowed be allowed to 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 get the baby back and, and claim it's missing and then the mama would have no rights? I know it's just adding more level of trouble to mankind. Like it just like it's, here I am thinking about my daughters. What if they grew up and married a guy that tricked them into thinking they were a faithful Christian? They have a baby, and the dude takes the baby and drops it off in a box. Can the can the mother get it or not? I mean, what a mess we have weaved! Just yeah, pile on pile of wickedness. But it looks good. It looks good on paper. It looks virtuous on the on the surface because we help save them. That's it. I can I could see I, resentful evil men more or less kidnap the baby and take him or her to the safe box. Yeah. I like Hey Hey Alabama. The media has told slash lied about what a family should be. There is no good or perfect family life, but they tell us that if you don't have a perfect family life, it wasn't a good life. Therefore, yeah. you can't be a good parent and should keep your it's like they, they want it both ways, you know. That's it. Uh if you had to make one declaration about the topic of this stream, it would probably be the sanctity of human life and the inherent value of it. Yeah. And this right here, this is a marker of a morally 
degraded society. Yep. All right, let's finish out this video. Yep. Just because it's a man walking in here doesn't mean we have to look for mom. Now, every child is put through the uh, exploited and missing child's database. This child is missing, we will know it. This mother is missing her child, we will know it. But my response, what about the father? Yep. Yep. If the father is missing the child? Yep. Government wants to eradicate accountability. That's it. Where did that go? Yeah. The idea of being responsible for your choices is more foreign in our society. That's right. David James Stafford says the government wants to eradicate accountability. The idea of being responsible for your choices is more foreign in our society. That's right. Yep. And if one parent wanted the baby back, DHR would be up in their business until the child was 18 years old. Yep. Yeah, it's not human resources. Here's my thing. It's not completely, it's not completely, uh, accountability free anyway, even though they, they're saying that it is. Now we're going to right. run it through the database. We're going to lose it. It's like, no, I thought there were no repercussions. I, that's right. I, well, that's the thing. I guess if they, the mama I guess they drops say, it off, yeah. will they run it through the database? They have to, because again, how do you know it's the mama? Right. I guess they, I guess they claim or get, I guess what they do is it just goes through the database system to see if it's been abandoned or excuse me, to see, I don't know and see if they're really their parent or not. I, what is it? If it's accountability free, what does it matter? What does it matter if it wasn't really their child? I don't get it, man. I'm confused. I just, I, sin, I'm with you, sin dude. Sin is so illogical. And, and, yes. And, but anyway, that, that's where we are. And I, I, I've, I've got a little bit. So I wanted to. What does the Bible say about this? Well, I'm going to read some notes that I put together for this provision, instruction, discipline. Those are the responsibilities and obligations of parents towards children. The responsibility of provision, you know, second Corinthians 12, 14, Paul notes, behold, the third time I am ready to come to you and I will not be burdensome to you for I seek not yours, but you for so This is what Paul said, and the reason Paul said it is because of this universal truth. Children ought not to lay up or provide for the parents, but the parents for the children. In in this case, Paul was the parent, the spiritual parent. Paul was was to provide for, yes. He's using a human analogy that they all knew. Yes. Connecting to him what he did for them. Instruction. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This scripture emphasizes the spiritual duty to educate children in moral and spiritual matters, nurturing them in the way that is aligned with the teachings of God. And then, of course, discipline. And this one gets overused. This, This verse is not commanding you to beat your kid with a stick. Yeah. Proverbs thirteen twenty four. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, or he that spareth his rod hateth his son. But he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. So discipline is seen as an essential aspect of love, and we could talk about that for hours. Where correction is necessary for proper development and understanding of right and wrong, that correction and discipline is an act of love. So, 
every interaction that you have with your child falls under the purview of provision, instruction, or discipline. Yeah. I like that. That's simple. And it's a, that's a summarization of what God's word is to Christian that's parents. It. To parents. Yeah. And, and if you don't do that, then you are worse than an infidel. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you have a baby and you take it to one of those trash bins, you are worse than an infidel. You're not brave. You're not special. You're not you. You're not heroic. Yep. You're the you're, worst you're, kind you're of not, ungodly. You're not helping that child. Well, but my life is so bad it would help them. No, what would help them would be to do what God told you to do for them and to them. I guarantee it. That's how you help your child. Yeah, but it's hard. Okay. But yep. if you work hard, there's a way. It, I mean, that's it. Like you said, I, I hate it, but people give up children because it cramps their style. That's it. And that's where we're at in our society. Oh, that but you don't it. know, but you don't know my you don't know my walk, Tony Aaron. You don't know. I don't I don't have to know. I don't I'm not trying to be ugly, but God's find word verse trumps everything. It, you, life is is life is sacred. It, I don't have to know how hard your life is. I don't. God says, do it. God doesn't say, well, you don't have to love your children. You don't have to provide for them or instruct them or discipline them if it cramps your style or hey. you don't make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Hey, listen to this. I, I don't know your walk. I don't know your struggle. Not exactly. But one thing I do know is that there is no temptation yep. taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That's not saying God's going to put more on, not, God's not going to put more on you than you can handle. It's right. God is going to help you handle yep. what is put on you. That's right. That's right. He provides a way. He provides a way of escape. Some women will do anything to have a baby. They're a blessing, period. And you know what? I, uh, yeah. It's, like, I can't even wrap my mind around that I've, right now. I've heard of people, like, looking back on their past, talking about how horrible they were living life, and they started yeah. making serious changes when they had a child. And, like, the child actually really helped them. Them taking responsibility changed yep. their life forever. And they're yep. completely different. I used to do that. I used to stay out late. I used to drink. I used to be promiscuous. I used, to, And now they don't. But the, and these, That's it. And, and like you hear of that kind of thing, and these people are not even dedicated New Testament Christians. Just taking responsibility just changes your life and the whole world around you. Well, that it's, accountability— it's that that used to be one of the one of the defining values of yeah. Western culture, but specifically of the United States of America. Yeah. Come to the United States of America, you can you can be as successful yeah. as you're willing. You can be successful as you can be commensurate with your willingness to do hard work. Yep. You know you you are accountable for your decisions. And if you make good decisions, well, go all the way back to Genesis 4. Genesis 4. Why yes. art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? 
If thou doest well, will it not be accepted of thee? And if thou doest not well, then sin life, that the door and unto thee shall be a desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So the United States of America was a place where you could come as an immigrant, not even being able to speak the language, but you got in, you learned the language, you assimilated into the culture, and you adopted the values that made the United States of America the United States of America, and then you would be much more successful than any of your peers back in the country that you fled. Yep. And you can still do that, and I know you can still do that because there are people literally dying to get to the United States and even to get to Canada just for a shot at a life that most of us would eschew and look down upon. Yep, and I'm not justifying coming into this country illegally. Two wrongs never make a right, but I'm sure that some of the folks that come in here illegally, it really is just because they need a better life. They want That's a right. better life. I mean, it's – and they're willing to live on the street in a tent. That's right. I, I, I'm, that's what I think. I mean, it's wrong is wrong, and it's not good. The The border is a crisis. Don't even describe it. No. <laughs> but 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 there's people in those groups of folks that come that I'm sure some of them have sinister desires and wicked plans. I'm sure oh, yeah. some do. But there's some that just their life is so bad where they are, they're willing to live on the street here in this country. Yep. That, the point is, my point, you can go to the proverbial top. Like you, you can you can go from rags to riches. It hinges on honesty, hard work, doing well, taking accountability, responsibility, all that. And the thing of it is, is Tony, I'd like to get your feedback on this. The more the world puts that down and laughs at that and supports this the opposite, you know, irresponsibility. Yeah. And don't change the fact. Like you, God's word can't be mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. That's the, it. The government can package it up. Satan can package it up and make it look like life is going to be a great day. Put your little kid in this little cute little box. And you save the life. God is not mocked. Like you, you, no. can, you can call it gold. You can call it righteousness, but God is not mocked. If you do, if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. It doesn't matter how much you love watermelon. If you put wheat seeds in the ground, you're going to get wheat every time. Exactly. Doesn't matter what you call it. That goes doesn't back matter to, what you love. To me, that goes back to Hey Alabama's comment. I hope I wasn't reading it wrong, but that's the, kind of the way I took it. Like the, the government, you know, that you got to do this, you got to do that. You, we'll take your child away, DHS, if they if you do this, you don't do that. But yet they hand it off to people that are not li- – it's just it's just a convoluted mess. Like it just oh yeah. There's no consistent standard. It's this human humanistic worldly standard that that anyhow. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm. I can't. No, get I'm it with out. you. I can't get it out. But I. Well, I mean, it's hard not to rant and rave. I can't. I don't know if I I'm mean, wording it in the right way, but it's just like a. It, they're the whole system is so broken because it's based on man's wisdom. Yes. It's not because there's not old, but there's one little granny that works down there at the DHS that loves children. Yeah, I know there is. Sure, there is. But the system is destroyed, and it don't work. It's based on man's wisdom. I know a small town in northwest Tennessee that has a high school that most of the most of the teachers in it 
are members of the Lord's church and the others are, I mean, they still, you know, they're fundamentalist denominational yeah. Christians. It's a weird turn of phrase. Parse that out however you need to parse it. But that I still, I'm, I'm still going to homeschool my children. Yeah. I, I'm still not, I'm, I'm still not going to give a wholesale endorsement to the public school system. I know. Hello, wow. Brian Allen. Good to see you. Top down, Ted Knight top says, y'all have worn me out. <laughs> <laughs> about, 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 about worn myself out. Just I look guarantee. at that video, that safe box, man. That's just so, that's so sad that our society that, thinks that they, that it's that sad. smug, demonic it's, grin. I know. And okay. And that's one person involved, but then there are others that are involved that are like, well, yeah, it's wrong what they're doing. But it's helping to save somebody that's otherwise going to be killed. It's like, well, it, and I don't think that. Have you ever gonna, have you ever heard of the banality of evil? No, give it to me though. Hold on a second. B e n a l. Okay, banal is lacking in original, uh, so lacking in originality as to be obvious and boring, okay? But banality of evil, uh, let me see if I can get you a good. So this guy co coined this term, banality of evil. Um, it fits a phenomenon which, uh, a phenomenon which starred uh, one in the, hold on. Huh? <laughs> I've, I've messed up. Yeah. The banality of evil is the idea that ordinary people commit atrocities without awareness, care, or choice. These are the people that say, well, I'm just doing my job. I'm just here for a paycheck. Like there, there, there were people, there's, there's a phenomenon um, that happened whenever, uh, oh, I can't remember. Was it the Bolshevik? Rep what, what was the, what was the great period in history that saw, um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn imprisoned in the gulags in Siberia. And then whenever they were liberated, you had these guards that, that, that were guarding these prisoners in these gulags next to the actual prisoners that were liberated. And these guards were, were committing suicide in record number because it hit them what they had done whenever they were just doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. Never underestimate the banality of evil and how powerful it is. So many people that are surrounding this giving up of babies and stuff, they're not activists. They're just doing their job. Yeah. But in World War II, whenever whenever Hitler was gassing six million Jews, there were people that were not activists. They didn't hate Jews. They weren't anti-Semitic. They were just doing their job. Yeah. That's that's the banality of evil. Never yeah. underestimate the power of the banality of evil. Oh, there's people that carried out Jim Crow laws that thought the, they, the banality of evil. It's yeah, just, just doing just, my job. It's just the it way is, it is. That's the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, I think I've got to be done. Yeah, me too, bro. I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, 
I've enjoyed the conversation and the input from the viewers. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the subject. <laughs> I don't think I like the topic very well at all. I don't either. <laughs> I don't like it either. Um, let me explain something to you, though, before we get off. We're in on a high note. Yeah, I like that. I thought I was going crazy because I've I, I set up a, a signal chain for my videos and podcasts. And I've got this compressor, this piece of equipment. It's it's one of the cheapest pieces of It's probably the cheapest tube compressor that you can purchase online from Amazon. But it is so good that, that this compressor is in the signal chain of professional studios where they have access to hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. <laughs> of, of sound equipment. And here you have this. $500 compressor next to, you know, a, a $20,000 interface, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it's holding its own. So, I mean, I love yeah. it. It sounds really good, yeah. but so I wanted, I wanted to use it and I had it hooked up, but I hooked it up wrong. And I, I so it, I don't have the picture loaded anymore, so I can't bring it up, but so I've, I've got my mic, so the signal goes out of my mic and into the preamp, all right? So the preamp boosts the signal, but then the preamp goes out of my preamp now and into my DBX-266XS, so it, it, it gives a noise gate where, you know, you, you don't hear the, it attenuates the signal so you don't get so sharp a breath sound and stuff like that. And then it also has a little bit of compression, but then it goes out of that into this Pro VLA2 compressor. And I'm really happy with the results. Yeah, cool. But I realized that the reason I was not getting the results that I expected is because I had an in-out wire cross. <laughs> so you have to have a line in and a line out every time you go from one piece of equipment to another in your audio chain. Yeah. And so I've got, it goes from the preamp on the microphone, so it goes from the preamp out to the DBX, and then the out on the DP, or the in on the DBX, and the out on the DBX skips the preamp and goes to the Pro VLA, and then I've got a line running from the Pro VLA back to the preamp, and then the preamp communicates with the um, interface, and the interface con uh, converts it from an analog to a digital, which allows me to record or broadcast. Okay. Yeah. If you get all that set up correctly, uh, you get a nice kind of, I still don't like the tonality. I think I, uh, it could be just my voice, but the smoothness, the, um, the noise gate and all that stuff, I've got it set where I like it. But man, I thought I was losing my mind, but it just turns out I have my wires crossed. Yeah. That's all it was. You're boom. Yeah. This oh. stuff can get pretty complicated. Yeah, I was a happy. What was that today? When you figured it out or what? Uh, yes, uh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is why I was gonna I was going to um I was going to go live yesterday at ten a.m. Central, but I was messing with this and I I redone this and I was like, well, forget about it. I just I can't remember when I went live. It may have been one or two o'clock. Yeah, Central. Yeah, so it was like three o'clock yeah. my time. Yeah. 
Scott Beck said he's a geek. He wants more tech talk. <laughs> I wish. Oh, thank you, Debbie Mangus, for your feedback. We really appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for this important discussion. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm just happy as a lark. Yeah. But you so, got it figured out. Yeah. Anyway, you got so, anything you want to close with? Uh, let's see if I can make a cute ending. What you just said, it's nice when it's something simple that fixes it. Right? Hey, hold on just a second. My wife is the director of the Talladega, Talladega County Department of Human Resources. I'll assure you they do a work that should be done by the church. <laughs> because it doesn't get done, they do it. Yeah. Unless every commenter here wants to help mainly by caring for a child or family who's struggling. I So there, there's some of that I'll agree with. Yeah. 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 But I don't think that indicts every commenter here. For one, you don't know how much or how little every commenter here does yeah. help. I mean, we do what we can. But the fact of the matter is, um, so it, so it's a it's a it's kind of like two different things playing off of the, of the other. The government, the church has allowed the government to subsidize benevolence. Yeah, it should be that the church is a resource for parents who are struggling, but it should be that the church has been involved in politics enough that the church controls the narrative of the polis, the yeah. values of the polis. Yeah. I, I know Jonathan put a post about poly meaning many and ticks being a blood-sucking insect. <laughs> yeah. Politics is many blood-sucking insects. That's funny, but it's not true. And I know he was making a joke. Politics or, or political is of or having to do with society. Yeah. It comes from the Greek word pole or polis. Politics has to do with the governing order of society. The church must be involved in that. The The reason your wife, uh, who is the director of the Department of Human Resources, uh, the reason the Department of Human Resources is doing the work that should be done by the church is because I don't know when it started. But somebody got the bright idea that the church needs to back out of politics and not be involved in it. And a lot of brethren are like, oh, it's our job to teach people the gospel, not to help with benevolence. I, in, there's a lot of congregations they, that believe that. They're like that. They think yeah. we are, it's unscriptural to help people benevolently. They, they, yeah. they do. That's not a yeah. straw man. That, that is but, a real problem in the congregations. But the, the, second, the second half of this comment here about, uh, unless every commenter here wants to help mainly by caring for a child or family who's struggling, that has the same energy as the people who are pro-baby murder saying, well, you can't be pro-life unless you're willing to care for all the babies once they're born. Like, no, I can comment on murdering babies and not also adopt babies that are in, currently in the foster care system. Yeah. I can do that. I can comment on the morality of something. I can comment on the morality of these stupid safe haven laws. And I can comment on the morality of the Department of Human Services or the Department of Human Resources and how much the Department of Human Resources in the United States um, 
What's it called? Oh, come on, Tony. Whenever you... It's like you know somebody who's addicted to drugs, so you just enable. Yeah. The Department of Human Resources, the welfare system, enables this immoral behavior. Because I will tell you this. If the Department of Human Resources stopped giving resources based on the amount of children that a woman has, she would stop having children out of wedlock. Yeah. Kind of goes back full circle, doesn't it? Yeah. She she would and this is not a popular this is not a popular thing to say either, but if there weren't so many government resources for single mothers, there would be way more deadbeat mothers than there would be deadbeat fathers. You know, if if the church locally would actually spend the money to help people when they know people are in need in their local community and in yeah. their local congregation and teach people the Bible, even though many would not obey the gospel, and those efforts. Yep. You influence the culture and the society and the community you're in. It shapes it up. Like, I think our brethren, and this is not to Jim's comment directly, like something he said, but like, I think the church is, as a whole, we are so negative about evangelism that we don't do it. Like, we think, well, they won't all obey anyway. Yeah. Okay, we we know that. There's no need talking about the fact that narrow is the way and few there are to find it. We don't do our evangelism because there's only few that find it. We're to right. do our evangelism because God commanded us, and, and we love God, we love the truth, and we care for lost souls, and we scatter the seed, and that makes the community as a whole better. So my point, touching back into the recent comments, is it would help the church in its resources, well, number one, God will provide the resources if we help people benevolently. Second Corinthians nine eight, you know, He's going to supply what we need. But I think a lot of people in the church don't want to help because they see people as just reoccurring needs. That's where when you teach people the gospel and you teach people, you know, accountability, you will win some to the Lord. They and they will become the accountable people that they need to be. You have to take people on an individual basis. You know, That's it. Uh, and, 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 and it won't, you see what I'm saying? We won't just become a benevolent society is what I'm saying. By teaching yeah. people accountability, you will win some to the Lord. And, and in that way also affect society in our community where people are taking their, they come to Christ, they obey the gospel and we make, they, they have a new home in the church locally. Yeah. Well, I, I used to, well, I don't want to, I don't want to get deep into this, but I'll just tell you this. God desires to have a stable society based on Judeo-Christian values. I should say Christian values. Yeah. Because that's where Christianity thrives. Why does Christianity thrive in a society that's based on Christian values? It's because there is social pressure. Look, peer pressure works. Yeah. So what what if what if you not being a Christian and proclaiming to be an atheist and living however you want to live there was a social stigma you would feel shame and you would you would right like Matthew, more easily convert to Christianity 
I don't think I don't think people believe Matthew five sixteen the concept of how we're the light of the world and it can't be hidden. They say, yeah, that's true, but people few is the way that find it. Most people exactly okay, okay. There's few that find it, but it shames the people that still won't obey, so they don't do their evil deeds in public. That that is that is it, why it the minimi- world wants to throw a blanket over the candle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we just shine bright, then yeah. our the way we live and the way we affect people around us. It's going to indict the people who live differently, and then there won't be any babies being put in a trash can. Yep. There won't yep. be any babies, but well, there'll be very few babies born out of wedlock. Yep. You'll, you'll, the, a man who's promiscuous, all of the women of that community, they'll know him, and they'll be like, you need to stay away from him because he's going to feed you a line of bull and get you to lay down. Then he's going to go lay down with that other woman. Yep. So don't be stupid and lay down with him. Yep. And statistically, and again, well, Tony, you talk about women a lot. I do because the statistics are in. The statistics are in. You can look at all these dating apps and stuff like that. I think probably 80% of the women in the, in the United States who are sexually active they are having sex with about 10% of the men because women are naturally hypergamous. They date or court or pair bond or sleep with their same level and upward. And what social media has done is taken away the boundaries that geography used to place. Yeah. Like for instance, if, if, you know, in 1950, you had a hundred men and and a hundred women, and if you were a, on a scale of one to ten as a man, if you were a five, then you got a woman who was a a three or a four. And if you were a and if you were a woman who was a three or a four, you got a man who was about a five. You knew that you could you could expect an average man. But now social media does two things. Number one, it makes the women who are three and the fours, it deludes them into thinking they're sevens and eights because a man will treat a woman who's a three or four as recreational use only. But this woman is so deluded that she thinks that 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 ups her value and it really lowers her value. And now you can, this this woman who's a, well, let's, let's take a woman who's a five or a six she has access to men who are seven, eights, and nines, and then they will they will fly that woman out across the country, and they will use her for recreational use and fly her back. And now she's less than what she was as far as the the dating market is concerned, and nothing's everything's okay, you know. Yeah, I tell you, I about. But all my soap there, right? Yeah, take a beautiful woman, give her an attitude and tattoos that go with it, and you've created a monster. That's right, Scott. We're getting into Labeth categories. <laughs> yep. And hey, hey, Alabama, never should have let the tools, the, the schools teach sexual education. I, I listened to Ben Shapiro on this one time. He 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 was asked, was it Ben Shapiro? Who was it? I, it was somebody. 
The problem with the schools teaching sexual education is they're not just teaching the biology of sex. Yeah. Which, depending on what age you're talking about, is perfectly appropriate. But what they're teaching is sexual education on a moral level. Mm-hmm. They're saying, hey, you know, you're 16 years old in high school and you have these urges. That's perfectly fine and okay. And you can act on them. You just have to act on them in this way. No, that's a moral yeah. lesson. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't teach morality. Right. Here's what your body here's how your body responds to this stimuli. Here's what happens. Here's the end result. If you follow that out to the farthest extreme, to the end of it, to its terminus, you know, you got a baby or you're the father of a baby. Now you need to go home and talk to your parents and talk to them or talk to your religious leader in your life and see how we need to, how, how you need to deal with that morally. Or better yet, have them, have them teach God in them schools, but that ain't going to fly. That wouldn't happen. That ain't going to fly. But. That's All right. Yeah, we're we're that's. I'm done, Tony. <laughs> I uh, yeah, yeah. I don't have yeah we got to get off here. I said we weren't. Need, we're going to have a two hour show today. Here we <laughs> I know is. It. Here I know we it. is. Here I we know. are. I've enjoyed the comments, but I'm just. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, women need help more than ever as they feel they can. Now, th- I, I I hope this commenter is. I'm going to take this comment as sincere. And this is what we're going to end on. Women need help more than ever as they feel that they can compete with men and fake it until you make it rules the world today. So let me, that's true. Women cannot compete with men and still remain feminine. The only way women can compete with men is they have to remove from themselves that which makes themselves different. Yeah. So you you know take so let, let's say that I go to college I graduate from Harvard I'm a I'm an intern at a law firm I'm working 80 hours a week until I make partner 80 to 120 hours a week until I make I'm I'm now partner and now I'm really at high level and I'm I'm working all that time well if if a woman wants to do that she can and she may even be a better lawyer than me but she's she is always going to have that pull Jordan Peterson talks about this in his in his clinical practice that once so you've got those you know you've got an 18 year old kid graduates college goes to law school all this that and the other and they're on the same path one's a male one's a female the male just keeps pedal to the metal on into his older age 40 50 60s but the woman at about 30 she says wait a second I don't care about all this I want a family I want to have children and men and women are just built different. Yeah. And so yeah. in order for a woman to compete with a man in society, as far as what, what men contribute, she, she has, has to, to get rid of her femininity. She has to cease being a woman. I mean. Yes. And then, it, then you hear all this stuff. Well, you know, m- men are just intimidated by strong and independent women. No, no, they're not. If you're a woman, there's not a man alive that you intimidate. Yeah. They just don't like you because you're mannish. Yeah. Think about uh, think about that. A woman trying to intimidate a man? Why? What? Anyhow. Yeah. 
this goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Think about Adam was supposed to be the leader, and Eve was supposed to be submissive and do what he says. Who did Satan go to? To her. She's the one that became the leader, and he did what she said. Yep. Now, look at the look at the curse. God said, in pain, you're going to bring forth a child. Your desire is going to be to your husband, and he's going to rule over you. Mm-hmm. Feminism only works in a first-world country where men have already slain the dragons and tamed the beast. It is true. It don't, it don't work in a second-world, third-world country where the beast is not tamed. Nope. And fact, our country is reverting back to that, by the way. So yes, it's going to flop yes. back over. And even, even, even with the advent of COVID, while we were locked down, there's a whole lot of women found their feminine side and got a man to take care of them through that time. Hmm. They're like, you, 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 you mean we got to go to the grocery store and fight for toilet paper? I'm going to get me a man to go fight for my toilet paper. Yeah. yeah they, there's a lot of women that's like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, you wait till a feminist sees this video, then they'll come in. No, I got my own toilet paper. <laughs> well, bully for you. <laughs> That's all I can say. Anyway, Aaron, oh, I'm going to get off here. Let's, let's shut her down. Yeah, I'm done. Thanks for all the comments, everybody. Yes, listen, The as of now, as of now, the, uh, the, the, the archived, the archive episode will be up on uh, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio. If you like what we do and you want to support us monetarily, a $5 a month subscription on Substack is the way to go. You can do Patreon, but what we may do is phase out Patreon in the coming year. I really like to get everybody over to Substack. But remember, Substack, free subscription or a paid subscription, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, and follow us on Twitter, 1 Chronicles 123. First Chronicles 1232. Aaron, you got anything to say? No. Thanks, everybody, for the support and encouragement. And Lord with them, we'll see y'all next time. God bless you.